Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Mandy Diamond is the owner and founder of Blue Zone Thinking. It is Mandy's mission to create breakthroughs for her clients, using new and different techniques to equip them with knowledge that is unforgettable and tools that are practical. Mandy supports her clients as they formulate strategy, gain motivation, and navigate through barriers to true success, both personally and professionally. Mandy has made it her mission to provide organizations and their leaders with the tools and confidence to move beyond their comfort zones. Everything you have ever desired lies just outside of your comfort zone. She refers to this space as the blue zone because once you've broken through the barrier of comfort, the sky is the limit. I absolutely love that. Uh, Mandy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's it's amazing being here. This is, you know, what I love doing in terms of helping people kind of break through those barriers of being an entrepreneur and being in business. I love it. I love it. So since this podcast is really all about business building and entrepreneurship, let's get right into it and talk shop. What are some of the biggest roadblocks or challenges that brand new entrepreneurs face? And how are you coaching your clients over these humps? So, th- so there's a there's a few things that I see come up all the time, and I think that um, self doubt is one of the biggest ones. You know, can I do this? And um, you know, going back to my tagline of of breaking out of your comfort zone, right? Like, I think there are so many people out there who are in jobs that they're not totally loving but they're getting you know they're paying their mortgage or they're paying their rent and it's consistent and it's predictable um and so they kind of stay there for longer than they should because they're they're the fear of can i do it really takes over so that's a a really big one yeah i actually i was just telling somebody else about this the other day i saw or somebody shared a quote with me that was like if you don't think you can do it, you can't or something like that, right? I'm saying it wrong. But it's really there's so much truth to that, right? Like, if you don't believe in yourself, then like, you're right, you can't do it, because you're not even going to try if you don't believe in yourself. And if you do believe in yourself, then like you can, because you're going to work at it, and you're going to keep trying, and eventually you're going to get it. Exactly. And some of these things are just such simple concepts, but the implementation of them is is complicated, right? And tricky. So that's definitely a big one. Um, I think there's this sense of uh, there's some people that are, are, are um, classic entrepreneurs and they get really excited at ideas, right? And so there's a lot of people who kind of go big and have lots of ideas, but then lack that direction and the detail to, to take it to the next level. So that can sometimes be a, a, a thing too, is they get really excited initially and then it loses steam and they just kind of go back to their, their day-to-day, right? Yeah, because it's, it's when and when that happens, do you think that it's, um, 
it's like, there's gotta be something deeper for why that happens, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that sometimes people get like shiny object syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. And they just like, they see an idea, let's use sleep consulting as the example, because that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. sometimes like people will hear about sleep consulting and they'll say like, oh, that sounds amazing. Like, I would love to be able to make some money from home and like still take care of my kids or whatever, whatever it is that they're being told that sleep consulting is. And really they have like no experience with the field. They've never sleep trained their own kids. They know nothing about what sleep consulting is, but they're like, Ooh, that sounds amazing. I'm going to try that. But then like, then there's no like why behind that. There's no passion behind that. So then all of a sudden they're just like, uh, forget it. Like, I don't even like this. I can't do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think there's some of that. I think there's some personalities that are just naturally kind of excited about change and exciting things. But then when you get into the detail of it, they realize this isn't exciting. This is boring and this is hard. And so I'm going to try find something else. Right. So I think some of it is personality. And I do think some of it is expectation as well. Right. Like I expect that this is going to be really easy. It's going to be quick money. And, uh, you know, when it doesn't, when reality and expectation don't meet, that's when people kind of just, again, put it, push it, push it aside. Yeah. And where do these expectations come from? Like, why do people think that things are going to just be so easy. I never think that way. I like that is not the way that my mind works. I mean, I have a positive attitude. I have confidence in myself. Like, sure, I can, I can wrap my head around the fact that I need to like, have some sort of confidence to be able to say like, yes, I'm going to be able to get where I'm going. But like, nowhere do I think that that's happening overnight. So like, why do people think that? I think that we are living in a society which only shows the good things, right? If you think about Instagram, you think about what they're seeing about, you know, sleep consulting and and these sleep consultants who are really busy and who are really publicizing that I can do this in my own time and I choose when I want to do this. But no one's publicizing you know, how long it's taken to get to that point where you have choice. No one's publicizing that you're sitting up at night, you know, putting together your um, branding or marketing material, that you're writing your blog at at 3 a.m., you know, because an idea came to you when you woke up in the middle of the night. No one talks about that, but we all talk about the successes. And so I think there are people out there who see the successes and think, well, that's just come really easily to that person. And so it's going to come really easily to me too. And and don't have realistic expectations about what it takes to be in business. And then there's this age-old um, thing of some people just aren't meant to be entrepreneurs. You know, the, the personality type is they want a steady income. They want a steady job. They want predictability. And I think we both know that when you have your own business, you've got to realize that that's not what you're going to get, right? Like it's not predictable and it's not necessarily consistent, at least not initially, you know? I think that that is so, both things that you just said are so spot on. Um, I think that people think about me all the time that like, oh, this just must come easily to her or she just got lucky and her business grew really quickly. And I make no apologies. Like I am constantly telling people that I work harder than anybody. Mm -hmm. Like I tell everybody that Mm -hmm. like, 
this is not magic. This is hard work. And, you know, in order to be successful, you have to show up day in and day out. You have to put yourself out there. It doesn't have to be on social media, but it has to be out there somewhere. It has to be with other people, right? Like you don't need to, if you're not a social media person, then like get out there and talk to people in real life. It doesn't matter. But you know, I make, I, I I don't try to pretend that this is just like the snap of the finger. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that it's important for those that are considering venturing into entrepreneurship for them to really be given a spoonful of reality, because yeah. it is the hardest thing ever to grow a successful business. It's also the most rewarding. So, yeah. you know, I think at the end of the day, like it's worth it every single time. But yeah but it's not, it's not a cakewalk. No, at all. And I think it's important when you're setting expectations for people going along this journey that it ebbs and flows, right? Like there are moments where I'm loving this and there are definitely moments where I think maybe I should just get a job, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and I think to your point about like people, not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. Like, I think that that is, that is spot on. It really is. I mean, I see this in, you know, now that I'm training others, I see that some people just have that like entrepreneurial spirit, that fire, mm-hmm. that drive, where like nothing is going to stop them. Mm-hmm. And then other people are sort of just like looking for someone to give them a to-do list. Right. And, right. and like, it's two totally different personalities. And yeah. both are like super smart, skilled people, but like, one is going to get ahead in entrepreneurship and the other isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And I I also think if we go back to the expectations as well, being really clear about what success means for for you, right? Like your idea of a successful business may be completely different to my idea of a successful business. And so I think, you know, really when you're building your business, build your business and not compare yourself to other people because, you know, my success is really when I define success of my business, it's based on my why, right? And I think that's the the one thing I would really say to people is be really clear on your why, because we're in those ebbs and flows, you know, in the flows, you don't necessarily need to be reminded of your why, because things are good and it's, and money's coming in and you're enjoying what you're doing. But there's going to be things where you don't enjoy what you're doing and maybe money isn't coming in this month. And, you know, in those moments, it's like, why am I doing this? And I do it for flexibility, for um, being able to be able to, to show up at my kids' schools on, on days that, they, that I need to be there, right? For, for creative, um, like for me to have the creative say in everything and not have to answer to anyone. Like that's what I love um, and making a difference in people's lives. That, that's what I love, right? So um, I come back to my why all the time um, in those moments where I'm like, should I get a job? And then I go to my why and yeah, no, a, a job's not going to help me, you know, in, in those particular instances. So it, um, yeah, so yeah, define love, success love all- for yourself. Yeah. And, and what about just like going back to the roadblocks? Cause I, I want to point them out. Cause I think that people who are listening really identify with all of this, mm-hmm. right? Like I had mm-hmm. these roadblocks too, when I was starting my business. And a- another thing that I hear all the time is people say like, well, 
the market seems saturated. Mm. Like they're already, there are already too many sleep consultants out there. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? I have like such an answer for this. Yes. I get asked all the I'd time, love but to like, hear I would love to hear your answer, but I also have an answer because, I mean, I work in an area that is really saturated. I'm in leadership, team development, business coaching, right? There are millions of business coaches out there. And what I say to that is that there are enough people on this planet for everyone to be busy, right? And particularly now that we have Zoom and we have these virtual options, you know, your sleep consultant does not have to live, you know, five miles from where you are. Um, so kind of the world is your oyster at the moment. So when people say to me, the market is saturated, I completely disagree with that because I think that there is someone out there for everybody and everyone needs a different fit. Some people who you would connect with as a sleep consultant would probably like not connect with you and, and what someone else who, who, who would, you know, have a different approach. And so I think just being you and bringing yourself to it, um, you're going to find the people that connect with you. And, you know, there's enough out there for everybody. Do you want to hear what I say? Yeah. I agree with you. But do you want to hear what I say? Yes. So I get asked this question, like, literally almost every single day. So I feel like I, ha I have, like, I have my answer. And it is really like in my heart, this is my answer. I am a true firm believer that like, if there are a gazillion people out there doing what it is that you want to do, if you're one of the best, then mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yes. So like, if you think about like lawyers, there are a gazillion lawyers out there. There's a joke about there being too many lawyers. Right. Like, that right. doesn't mean that you can't be a successful lawyer, right? No. Like, should we not go and should we not go to law school because there's already too many lawyers? Should we not go to med school because there's already too many doctors? Should we not go into fields like physical therapy or occupational therapy or whatever? Because mm -hmm. like, there's already too many people doing it. No, like you get mm -hmm. into it because you love the work, because you're passionate about it and because you're going to be good at it. And if you're going to be right. good at it, then don't worry about the competition. Like, I'm not worried about my competition. Yeah. I'm good at what I do. And like, that doesn't mean that nobody tells me no. I actually had three discovery calls yesterday and didn't land a single client. And, and that happens. Mm -hmm. Like, so right. what? Moving right. on, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm not good at what I do. That means I either wasn't the right fit for them or they weren't committed and ready to get right. started, whatever it means. Like, but, but I think that it doesn't matter for one single second how many people are out there doing what you do if you're good at what you do and you get yeah. to, you get to position yourself to be one of the greatest. If you decide yeah. that you want to be like, nobody is keeping you from being the best at your job except mm -hmm. for you. Right. Sure. And I, yeah. I love that sentiment. There's, there's something in them as a business coach that scares me a little bit about what you're saying. Okay. And, tell me, coach me. Okay, so I, I'm going to tell you is, is that, you're you're such a high achiever and you're you've got so much drive right there's a lot of people who are entrepreneurs that don't necessarily have as much drive as you right and so be saying to someone if you're the best then it doesn't really matter that's a lot of pressure to say well but what if i'm not the best and particularly if we go back to this kind of imposter syndrome which we haven't mentioned yet but i think just that seed of doubt of can I do this? Can I really do this? If if 
you're saying to someone, if you're the best, it doesn't matter. And then they have a day where they get three rejections and they're like, well, clearly I'm not the best. So maybe I'm not cut out for this, right? And so my, yeah. my say to, to the people who are, are kind of like more like me, right? Like I, um, I don't have to be the best in everything. I've never been like that. Well, the best but- is a strong sentiment. Like, like if, right. I guess like, I'm going to take that back. Like, what if you're just like good at your job? Right. Yes. Like that, so that is enough. Change, I'm going to change like good and best to love. Right. If you love what you do, that's going to shine through regardless. And I think going back to also um, connecting with people, right, particularly in something like sleep consulting, where you're meeting with people at such a vulnerable stage of their lives, they're desperate and they really want to connect with the person that's going to save them through this, right? And there are, I mean, I've, I've got three kids. And so with each one of them, I've probably consulted someone at some point in time. And, you know, I remember there was there was someone with my, my first, particularly, who was like just really quite black or white, you know? And yes, sometimes sleep consulting can be black or white, but I think what I really needed in that moment was someone to just be like, especially because it was my first, was you're doing an amazing job and we're going to work together and we're going to get this right, right? Rather than don't do that and do this. And so I, but, but having said that, I think there are people that need that, that need that, don't do this, do that. And so what I would say is if you love what you do and you know, realize that there's going to be some people you connect with and you're going to achieve great things together. And there's going to be some people that you're not right for, but that's okay because they'll be right for the next sleep consultant, right? Which yeah. is why I say there's enough people out there for everybody. Um, yeah, I, I think that you're spot on about that and you're causing me to think, which is why you're an amazing coach and I'm sitting here like, I, I love that I'm getting coached by you right now. It's the best. Like, I just had such an epiphany. Um and, and you're right. I think that when I use words like the best or really good at things, what I mean by that is that there is passion behind what you do. You're, there's always a drive to learn more. Because when people hear me say things like the best, I think that they literally think that I mean the best. Right. But what I actually do mean by that, and I'm glad you helped me to like clarify in my brain, is that you have to always be willing to want for better and to strive for more. And, you know, people all the time will ask me questions that I feel like if they were really, truly passionate about what they did, they'd be digging all over looking for those answers themselves. Right. right? And like, what I'm really good at is getting to the bottom of whatever it is that I need to get to the bottom of, whether that's, whether that's like figuring it out myself or outsourcing it, if it feels beyond my scope. But you know, and it goes back to, as you said, like being passionate and driven and, and having a really strong why yes. behind what you're doing. And I think you're a hundred percent on point as always, Mandy, as always. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I also want to say, you know, if we go back to some of these obstacles as well, um, when we were prepping for this, you mentioned something about, you know, people get really um, nervous about starting something new, 
right? And I think that's a really important thing to talk about too because I think change is difficult, you know, even for people who love change. Going from something that is comfortable and predictable to take the leap into the unknown is is a big thing and, and people have to be in the, in the right headspace. It has to be the right timing for them for it it to work there has to be so many things that are aligned in order for it to really work and and for people to be ready for that you know but are we but are we ever really ready like are we ever really ready for something that feels outside of our comfort zone how do we how do we have the right moment when is the right moment I feel like there's never a right moment yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. And it comes at different times for different people. You know, sometimes it's kind of just hitting that that rock bottom for some people of like, I'm just so dissatisfied, and I just need something else. I think it comes down to, you know, need and want, right? Um, and if those needs and those wants are aligned, then people just feel ready to, it's like, what have I got to lose? right? That tends to be at this point in time, what do I have to lose? And, and that's when they'll kind of take that leap a little bit more. So um, why, why do you think change feels so hard for some people? And like, for me, I've gotten comfortable with the uncomfortable. I like, (laughs) I wasn't always comfortable with the uncomfortable, but now I think I sort of thrive in that space. Like, the yeah. more the more nervous and anxious I am about trying something, the more it makes me want to like jump off the cliff and do it. Yeah. Uh, but like that, and that wasn't always the case. Why mm-hmm. is why is change so hard for some people? And yeah. then for others, like does it take practice? So both. I I, I think that there are just um, personality types that just do not like change, right? And then when you also include environmental factors in that where people haven't had to face a lot of change in their lives and so they they haven't had exposure to that, then it feels even more scary, right? Because there's no evidence of change being good in their lives, right? I've just always known what I've always known. I've gone to the same school. I've had the same friends. I've lived in the same city. Um, when they haven't been exposed to that, it feels a lot more scary. Um, You know, someone like me, I've moved multiple times in my life. I've moved countries. You can hear I'm not American, but I'm living in America. And so I think, um, and I did those at very pivotal, critical times in my life where I went through a lot of change as, you know, a teenager, I moved countries um, and, and I got through it. Right. So that was such an important lesson to me at such a young age that change can be good, that, yes, it feels difficult. And in the moment, it was like, why did my parents do this to me and how could they? But then just a few short months later, I made friends that I had my ride or dies, you know, that and I had such a wonderful like life in that country. So I um, I think that you know, being exposed to it at a young age gave me the tools to to know that change is good and that, yes, it's hard, but I'll be okay. And if you haven't been exposed to that, it can feel much more difficult and much more scary um, because there's you don't know that it's going to be okay. There's no evidence to say it is. And so, yes, I think exposure to change is really important. And I think that 
you know, just coaching yourself through it in that this is different, but different doesn't necessarily have to mean bad, you know, yeah. it can help. When I was listening to you talk about this, all I kept thinking about is how it's a little bit ironic because we as sleep consultants are coaching our clients through making a really significant change, right? Yeah. And we're showing yeah. up so confidently for them yeah. to make this big shift and change in the way that they parent, mm-hmm. and which is huge. It's like the yeah. number one thing in their lives right now. Yeah. And we're telling them to like flip it on its head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we do that. We show up so confidently for our clients. And yet then like in our own lives, in our own businesses, it feels sometimes paralyzing. And, and then it leads me to think like, okay, then this is why we as business people sometimes need to get support. Mm -hmm. Just like our clients are hiring us. Like we sometimes need to hire people to help us, you know? And I mean, I'm a a business coach and I have a business coach as well. Right. Like I, I think that that is, Definitely, you know, to particularly when you're an entrepreneur and you you're not in a big corporate where you have teams of people and and HR that you can go to and say I need training in this. It's so important to surround yourself with people that you can kind of bounce ideas. And that's why I love what you're doing here with this kind of community. Is you're creating that for them. You're creating a space for them to get some professional development and to. Uh, you know, go to each other and ask, how did you deal with this? But you're so right. The reason you show up so confidently for your clients is because you've seen the evidence of change, that you've seen that, yes, it feels hard, but it works, right? And so having that knowledge is what kind of helps you feel more comfortable with change. And um, I think if, if, if it feels uncomfortable, you know, find someone who, who can give you the push because what happens is when it feels uncomfortable, it's that fight or flight, right? Are we going to fight and push forward or are we going to retreat and go back to our comfort zone? And what you need to find is the person who's going to stand behind you and say, don't retreat. Like, let me push you forward. Keep going, keep going, because it's going to, it's going to be great if you just push through this discomfort. Um, my dad is a very wise man. And at a very young age, he taught me the definition of uh, fear. Like, you know, if you, you kind of say F is for whatever. And he, he said, F stands for false. E is evidence, A is appearing, and R is real. So false evidence appearing real, right? And I love that so much because the fear is what holds us back from kind of pushing forward through to the unknown and through to change. And what fear really is is kind of this false reality that we're creating which really isn't real at all, right? You, you know how many, so many people, you see it with your kids all the time where they terrified of a shot, right? And they get the shot and they're like, wow, that wasn't as bad as I thought. That's what fear is. It's not as bad as you think. So if you can just kind of remind yourself of that as well. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I was thinking back to when I first got started in this business and all the things that I was afraid of. Um, which now feel like a really, really distant, Mm -hmm. like hazy memory. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, I was afraid of like what other people would think, Mm -hmm. which is so um, 
sort of like annoying <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better yeah. way of saying it. Like yeah. I'm annoyed that I even had that thought, but I did. I, I was in, I was worried that people would turn their nose up at my idea or judge me in some way. You know, I had this like really strong identity wrapped up in like being a stay at home mom and the mom to my two kids and just like everything was revolved around my family. And then all of a sudden I was going to say out loud that I was craving something more than that. And like, how would people react to that? Mm -hmm. mm, I and, think and I, you know, I don't even know what to think about it now because it feels so, um, like so many years out, it feels ridiculous, but at the time it did not feel ridiculous at all. It was very, very real. And I guess I, I guess my question to you is like, you know, when you're having those thoughts and, and they're very, very real, mm -hmm. um, like, are there tools to yeah. pull yourself out of that? Yeah. So I, I think that's such a good point because I think it comes, it's part of this crafting your why, right? And um, and really getting to know yourself and your values and your drivers because what what we tend to do is we tend to allow kind of society's very generic values to determine that that's what we should be doing and that's what we should place importance on and not everybody's the same and and that's totally okay and there are some women who are great stay-at-home moms and and that's what they need, right? That's their value and that's what drives them and that's what feeds them. And there are some moms that are better mothers because they work full time, right? And so they feel like they can be much more present with their children when they're there. And I, I think that we need to kind of realize that there is no societal norm, right? There is only your norm. And your, your values are going to be really different from someone else. And so I would recommend really doing some work on your own values, um, not what your parents say you should do and what's important to your parents and not what's important to your partner or your husband and, and not what, what even your kids want from you, right, but what you want and what you need from you. Because I think as soon as we become mothers or, or partners or wives, as women, we tend to put everything ahead of our own um, needs and wants. And there's something really empowering about saying, you know what, this is what I need and this is what I really want. And I want that because I want it, not because someone else thinks that that's what's right for me. Um, so I, I think that doing that work and putting in the groundwork and that really makes those big decisions, which feel really big and huge in the moment, it makes those really easy because you make those decisions based on those values and your values, not anyone else's. Yeah, uh, that's really helpful. I also think that it's important to note that like your needs and wants can change over time, Absolutely. right? Because I think we get yes. so pigeonholed into believing like I I kept myself in a place where I believed that the life that I was living was the life that I wanted yeah. for so long like yeah. I I convinced myself yeah you know five years into being a stay-at-home mom 
I was still convincing myself that I was loving it. Yeah. And like, yeah. I wasn't anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. I did for like three years and or four years. And then I didn't anymore. But like, right. when I stopped really enjoying myself, I was too afraid to say that out loud. Yeah. For fear that, you know, I don't know, for fear that it was like, I was questioning my entire identity. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's um, really fair, you know, and, and again, I think it's like you make those decisions to be a stay at home mom before you've had kids. <laughs> right. right? I, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I made that choice before my son arrived. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and so I think that the person you were when you were a mom of one child is completely different to the person you are when you have multiple children, right? And so, yes, things do change. And I just think it's so important to have that self-awareness, you know, about what it is that you really want and need because we do tend to just automatically put kind of everyone else's needs ahead of our own. Yeah. Can we go back for a minute to the topic of early and rapid success. We touched on it earlier, but this is something that I see like really often within our CPSM community. I feel Mm -hmm. like people, uh, I see it so much that people feel like they failed Mm -hmm. if they haven't like signed on a single client or if they, maybe they've only been in business like a month or two, right? And they're already feeling like failures. Um, I'm wondering why it is that like women are so hard on themselves. I'm wondering how we can manage our expectations a little bit better um, and how can we get to a place where we're not counting ourselves out before we've even really truly jumped in? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And again, I think it comes down to that expectation piece, right? Like being very realistic about, you know, in the first year of a business, what what measures and I'm, am I going to set for myself to say I've been successful and are those measures realistic? right? I think that that's really, really important. And to, to set those before you get started, right? Um, and I would say for the first year of business to set those really low, right? Yeah. So that you you absolutely will achieve them regardless. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in setting high goals and real, you know, realistic goals. But I think in the first year of a business, there's so much going on that I'm, I'm okay with setting the bar a little low. Right. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing I think, particularly with women is this imposter syndrome. And, um, I'm actually working with a group of women, a cohort of women, and we're reading the confidence code, um, which is a fabulous book. Uh, and it's, there's so much research in it. They've done so much research into why women tend to kind of stand back a little bit more than men do. Right. And a lot of the research actually shows that that's actually it, genetic, like it's in our DNA. It's kind of just how we're wired, right. That we're wired to be a little bit more cautious to kind of want to know that we have everything we need in order to do this and to do it perfectly, right? Whereas men are like, hmm, can I do it? I'm going to try. And they, they're much more, they'll take the risk, right? And you know, as an entrepreneur, like you have to be able to just jump and know that you, you may fall, but that 
the lesson there is like when you fall, analyzing how to jump differently, right? And that's what entrepreneurship is. It's these iterations of constant failure and learning and seeing failure as an opportunity to grow um, that those are the successful entrepreneurs, right? I mean, how many really wealthy billionaires have the story of like they were on their last dime um, and, and they're okay with that and they're comfortable with that, right? So I think you have to be comfortable with failure in order to be a successful entrepreneur. You have to be able to view failure as an opportunity to learn and an opportunity to grow and um, and to welcome it almost, right? That like these uh, these uh, knockbacks that I'm getting are, are a gift because they're, they're teaching me how I need to just slightly tweak and change things in order to get the yes, right? And then I think really celebrating the yes, but not saying, oh, well, this is what I have to be doing and this is what's expected, but saying, this is awesome. I'm so good. And I got a yes, but really celebrating the wins, I think is really important. Um, But being aware that just as women, we are naturally wired differently and acknowledging that, that, you know, you kind of going to have to fight that a little bit. You're going to have to fight that need to have things perfectly aligned to feel like you're successful, to realize that part of this process is failure, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering if you have sort of like some quick, amazing advice or like best practices for uh, a brand new entrepreneur. Like if you were going to give some like nuggets of wisdom, what Mm -hmm. would you tell them? Yeah, so there are two, and I've said them probably all throughout our conversation today. The first is do that self-reflective work. Really realize what your driving values are and what your why is, because your why is going to be different from every other sleep consultant that is in that group with you, right? And that why is also going to be the driver that... um, propels you forward when things are kind of not going to plan. Um, And then the second one is set very realistic expectations of yourself, right? Realize that this is a journey. It's it's not a given. It's going to be tough. But as long as you know what that why is, it's going to be worth it. I I love both of those. Spot on, as always. Uh, Before we wrap up, where can everybody find you if they're interested in learning more about your services uh where's the best place to connect sure so you can check out my website on www.bluezonethinking.com um or you could email me at mandy diamond at bluezonethinking.com perfect thank you mandy this is awesome i am so excited for everybody to hear this conversation uh you always sort of like open my eyes to think about things in ways that I haven't thought about before and I really appreciate that. So thank you. A pleasure. I've loved chatting today and good luck to you and to your wonderful, amazing team of people that you are, you know, really giving the opportunity to kind of change their own lives. I think that's thank awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much. And I hope you will tune in for the next episode.